that's I don't want people to ever be discouraged from doing something because they feel like there's no way they can do it um, in a nice way without spending a ton of money. Hi there, welcome back to the Cypress Room where we dive deep into influencing with integrity. I'm Maggie Honeycutt. And I'm Christina Muscari. And we are back with another remote interview today. Yes. I am really excited about this one. If you don't know Kyle from at Kyle Did It, we're going to introduce you to him today. And you're going to hear about his journey as a content creator. One of the funnest people to follow on Instagram and in stories, in my opinion. So we want to welcome to the podcast today, Kyle Did It. Hey, thanks so much for having me on today. I'm stoked to, to sit down and chat with you guys. I remember you talking about this uh, podcast when I think it was at Haven and I, you were mentioning how you had started on the side. And so I'm stoked. I, I'm a guest now. I can't wait. <laughs> well, we're really excited. You're our yeah. second remote interview. So you sit in a place of honor. <laughs> yes, welcome. And in case anybody doesn't know who Kyle is, I'm going to read a little bit about him and then we're just going to jump into talking with him. So he's better. He just goes by Kyle. But he's better known as Kyle did it to his 78,000 Instagram followers. Kyle describes himself as just a regular husband and dad to three children, customizing his builder basic home in Southern California. Kyle has created content for some big brands, Home Depot, Amazon, Living Spaces, GE, Rust-Oleum, and a lot more. And he's been featured on Apartment Therapy and his tour of his house is going to just launched on HGTV on YouTube. So you guys definitely need to check that out. And Kyle describes himself as aggressively relatable and as a constant watcher of his stories. I can definitely agree. So welcome, Kyle. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Well, when you say it like that, I sound really cool. <laughs> Do you sound really fancy? You've done some big things this year. How are you feeling at the end of 2023? Uh, you know, you always like think like, oh, maybe I could have done more. But then like you listed all those things and I feel really good about what I did last year so thank you yeah it's very a very impressive resume so far so let's start at the beginning and kind of give us some of your background when did you get started in content creation what were you doing when you decided that kind of give us your journey to how you became Kyle did it so um, I so I've always been a DIYer. When we bought our very first house uh, ten years ago, now it's wild. February twenty four will be ten years since we bought our very first house. Um, we moved in. We didn't have a lot of money. Uh, we like spent basically every penny on the house itself. We didn't have a wedding. We you know we had a kid already, and like we wanted to have a home for them. And so when we moved into this house, it was fine. There wasn't anything wrong with it, but we just wanted it to be a little bit nicer. I think I remember like thinking like, oh, I really want to uh, get new floors. And so like I called some flooring companies and the prices to get new floors were like obscene. I was like, oh, there's literally that's like the down payment on my house. Because I think I put like, yeah, yeah, ten thousand dollars down on my house. And these people wanted like, I think it was like nine grand to do new floors. And I said, there's no way that's like an obscene amount of money. And then I like started to look at how much floors actually cost, like at Home Depot, if you go to buy them. Um, and then I realized like, well, if I could buy the floors for like 1500 bucks, I could probably do them myself. It's just like, you know, get a saw and chop it up and just do it. Like, and so I did, I did the, I did the floors and then uh, we painted the house. And then like 
one thing led to another. And then before you knew it, I started DIYing things. Um, and the furniture at that time was like everything was shabby chic. And so it was really easy to find stuff for like. We've had a lot of conversations about that shabby, shabby chic. Kyle's well, love for it, shabby chic. Well, and it was it was a style. It was a vibe. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I could do that. Like, all you do is you go and you buy something that's old and then you like paint it and then you like beat it up a little bit. And then like it worked. And so that's what I did. I just like I was like, well, I don't know how to sand anything, but I'll learn. I don't know how to do this. So then I started going on YouTube and watching all these people who do these projects themselves and like you. And then that kind of taught me how to do that, to do little things at a time. And it's like, a you know, you unlock one thing and you're able to do it again and you unlock another thing. And then we sold that house. We bought a new house. I did it again to the next house. And then we sold that house and we bought this house. And that was in Ju July of 2020. So like mid pandemic, we live in California. Things were really locked down. We personally weren't having people over at the time. Um, and I had like always gotten all my inspiration from Pinterest. That's how it looks like. But I was seeing all the same stuff on Pinterest. And then one day my Instagram algorithm, you know, it doesn't show you like all of Instagram. It only shows you what it thinks right. you want to see. So yeah. then I think one day on Instagram, my wife sent me like a DIY page, someone's page. Like, oh, look at what they did. Because I was thinking of ideas for the new house. And then there was a DIYer on Instagram. I saw I clicked watch their videos. And then like the next day I'm seeing more videos from different people or DIYers. And I thought, oh, this is a great place to find inspiration. And then all the DIY stuff started showing up on my page constantly. And I thought, well, I can do that. And that would be a great way for me to show my family and friends what I'm doing at the new house. Since we're not really having people over right now, we move into the house. I start the Instagram page. The very first day that I got piece of this house, this is my first story on Instagram. And it's like me with like the pandemic mustache looking like I'm about to lose my mind. And like a really weird, there's a really weird version of Kyle. He's like kind of depressed, but hopeful. Like, I don't know. And so I started the Instagram page and then it kind of just like, it took a couple of months before it gained any traction. And then like, it sort of like just happened. And then I started just showing all the projects and that was three years almost four years ago now wild wow that's so wild and it's like i hear you telling those stories and it's a very similar story to a lot of diy content creators that i hear but the thing that's different about you is you have you seem to have confidence of i can do this like i know you think oh everybody thinks oh i can just put my own floors in no they don't like that seems like a terrifying super scary thing what if i mess up this brand new house that we have not you know my this brand new house to us right what if i mess it up what if i mess it up and there's so much doubt and like i can't post what if people don't like what i post so have you always had that level of confidence of like what's the worst that can happen yeah I, so i've always had like um i'm like i'm a people person so i've always had a a, a, a good level of confidence for absolutely no reason whatsoever and usually it's because I can make people laugh. So I know that like if things get awkward or if people think I'm weird, all I have to do is like say something funny and then they'll immediately like think I'm cool again. And so I, it, it usually works. <laughs> so it usually works. And what I noticed on Instagram was that like, I don't know, when I started, I was like, none of these people are really entertaining. At all. Like none of these people are very, like their projects are incredible. Their works, their craftsmanship is impeccable. Like, I watch this all day long, but like, I don't know that, I don't know that everybody wants to see exactly what I want to see. Like maybe some people just want to like have a good time and like kick back. 
and maybe like the stuffiness of like oh i can just it's the attitude of i can do it without any of the reality behind like but can you um and that's like what i show like <laughs> yes i know i can do it i'm never gonna say it's gonna be easy. i don't i'm not gonna say it's gonna be easy i'm not like it's more of the like a I know I can because other people do. Probably going to be hard, but we're going to figure it out. Like, that's always my mantra. Like, just start. And honestly, once you start demolishing something, you really can't go back anyways. So, like, either shell out the money to have someone else fix it or you fix it yourself. So that's usually a great place to start because at that point, you you, you kind of have to do it. So, Yeah, I love that mentality and approach to DIY. And... I'm assuming that's why you say I'm aggressively relatable, which I also love. But I want to know what that means like to you when you say, you know, I want to be relatable. That's the goal of my content. Like, what does that mean exactly for you? Well, so for me, one of the things that I found to be really discouraging when I first started was seeing there's a couple of things, seeing like how much money people were spending in my mind on these projects and like some of what yeah. like a lot because a lot of the times the first like a, it used to be really decor heavy like my algorithm used to be really more like home decor heavy and so you know people be like oh i love these bar stools i'm obsessed with these bar stools and then like they sh <laughs> they show what the bar stools are and it's like oh this bar stool's from our house and it's 860 dollars and homegirls got four and i'm like that's the whole, that's my kitchen. That's my budget for my whole kitchen. Like I don't have yeah. 800 for a bar stool. Like I need to make this whole kitchen look better for less than $2,000. And I also have four bar. I need to buy four bar stools too. So like I am already feeling like, can I do this? Is this possible? Um, and so like, I want people to know that like, it's, I guess I don't want people to ever be, discouraged from doing something because they feel like there's no way they can do it um, in a nice way without spending a ton of money like they can't have that picture perfect kitchen unless they have the $800 bar stool because so-and-so's got the $800 bar stools and that's the kitchen they pinned and they want it to look just like that and like I, I want people to know that and then also I want people to understand that like you really have to you really have to just kind of dive into some of these things because you're not going to know how to do it and so I will commit to something even though I have no idea how I'm going to do it or how I'm going to execute it. But I know like if I watch five people on YouTube do it and they all do it the same exact way and I just try to do it the way that they did it, like they probably are on the right track. So like that's a good place to start. And, you know, I also I also like to tell people when I say, actually, I hired this little part out. Like I didn't do I did everything else. This part, I called a plumber and I had them install that valve for me. Because that's the part where it's like, if that's going to be your roadblock, that's my roadblock too. And my solution is that's where I'm going to spend a little bit of money and that's, I'm going to incorporate that into the budget. And that's where I'm going to say, okay, I can't do this, or it's not safe for me to do this, or I might ruin my house if I do this. That's where I'm going to put my hands up and allow someone else to do it so that I can move forward with the project and get it done. And I think that that, it, like so many things stop people because they'll sit there like, my mom does it all the time. She's like, well, what are you going to do about the Tetron wall? And she like won't do something because like if you mess up the texture on the wall like that yeah. and the house is ruined, you might as well call the bank and have them take it back because you you're done. And I'm like, well, we'll just figure it out. 
And so I want people to feel that kind of relatability, that it's okay to be scared. Yeah. It's okay to be nervous. Just try it. Yeah. I love that because I think that really translates to a big message that we've talked about, not just in the world of DIY, but in anything like you got to just get started. And sometimes you figure things out along the way, whether it's DIY, whether it's starting a podcast, whether it's starting a YouTube channel. I think that is such a good message um, because people get stuck in those details. So I love that. And I love that you're also showing that DIY is attainable to anyone. Like maybe it doesn't look the same everywhere else, but you can do it. And YouTube is such a great resource to figure out mm -hmm. how. YouTube, Google, there's so many resources out there. So I think that is fantastic. And I hope if people have not checked out your content that this inspires them to go check it out because not only is your content relatable, but we feel like we're a guest in your home and your yeah. home is somewhere where I want to hang out because it is beautiful. It is beautiful, but it's not like the aesthetic homes that you see on Instagram a lot that I feel like are unattainable for a lot of people and just make people feel bad. But when I see your home, I'm like, I can see myself hanging out with Kyle. I can see myself at his party. Like it's warm. It's inviting your plants, like your kitchen. Like I want to sit down and have a cup of coffee at you. Some of these people that I see on Instagram, I'm like I don't have a cup of coffee in their house. What if I like spill it or what if I mess? Well, and it just makes me tense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring on their marble. Be tense <laughs> thinking about being in their house, or I can't picture myself in their house, but I can picture myself in your home. So you do like a great job of making us feel like we're just one of your friends coming to hang out with you. Yeah, thanks so much. I had a party this weekend for my daughter's birthday, and I am like a big believer in like making friends with the parents of your kids' friends because I feel like that's the easiest way to like form a community of people that like are that you can actually hang out with. Your kids can have a good time hanging out when you go hang out with them. They have kids that they're friends with. So, you know, and my daughter invited like all these kids over and all their parents came too. And like, you know, sometimes people want to like drop the kids and then they run. Like, we'll be back in two hours to get them. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Like, please come inside, stay. Let me make you a drink, have some food. Like, and so, you know, we had people come and everyone was just telling me, like, how comfortable they felt at my home, even though, like, I've never met them before. And, you know, I'm making, what can I make you a latte? Can I make you a drink? Like, I want people to enjoy this space that I've put together and I want people to feel comfortable and at home. And so, like, when I have a party and I sit back and I see all these different areas of my house that I've worked on, and I see different groups of people at a party, like hanging out in all these places. I see people outside by the fireplace, and people in my my piano room and like people in my living room, people around my kitchen. And they're all having a great time and enjoying themselves. I know that I've done something right to because it makes the, the home feels like a place you want to be. And that's what that's the whole purpose of what I'm doing. I think that it's really sad to me that there's people who live in homes that that they don't want to be in. And there's a lot of reasons why like. That, that could be but sometimes it's just because they don't know what they want their house to be or they feel like they don't have enough money to make their home inviting and like you don't have to buy all the stuff from target like the latest tchotchkes and this the you know the studio mcgee drops and you know here's all the stuff i bought like i don't buy any of that stuff my house is not filled with that it's filled with plants and like i don't know rugs and stuff like i i don't have decor like when yeah. hgtv yeah. was coming to my house I was like, are you sure? Because I don't have any nice, th like, there's nothing nice here. It, like, there's not, you can't link anything. I've, 
I don't, that lamp was thrifted. I don't know what you guys are, but they loved it, you know, and, and people love it. And so it, it's, it's a vibe, you know, it's like the Nancy yeah. Myers vibe. Yeah. Well, yeah. And there's a place, there's a place and a space for everybody. And that's what I love mm -hmm. about this content creation thing. Some people can't, can, don't create and don't want to DIY. They just want to curate right. stuff for people. And so that's what they do. But I love what you do and you're inspiring people that don't want to just like go out and buy and buy the new things and yeah. have their home look like everybody else's. You're an inspiration out yeah. there for them. Uh, so yeah, let's talk about, let's transition. This is a great place to transition. So you obviously just have a passion and a heart to make your house a home. But how did it transition into, okay, this is becoming a job for me and I'm going to ask people to be brand partners with me and making content for money. What was that journey like? Yeah. So when I started, I thought um, that I would get like free furniture. I was like, okay, well, people are getting like free things. So maybe that would be something I could do. I could like share content and then people would give me like $800 bar stools for free. But then I was like, well, I don't really want the $800 bar stools. So how would that really work? I don't know that I want to take the, the, the gifted product. And so like, I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I honestly didn't know how I thought that the only way to make money creating content was through ad revenue. And I did not think that people were making any money on Instagram because you know, it's not monetized. Um, and so I, became very quickly I became friends with another creator Monica from House of Esperanza um, we love Chica we want to have her on this pod <laughs> absolutely love her I mean she is um one of the most wonderful people I think I've ever met on Instagram and in real life um instantly very close friends and she was I think I had like 700 followers and she started following me and I was like, oh my gosh, like, she's like so cool. I love all her stuff. Like I want to be her friend. And um, she kind of like took me under her wing and kind of like in, in a bunch of different ways, it was like, you know, people make money doing this. Right. And I was like, oh, I didn't really realize that. And so she was like, she's always been very much like cultivating a group of uh, uh, helping creators realize their potential. Um, in a way that's very selfless, like on her part, there's no, you know, there's no reason for her to do this other than like, she just wants, she doesn't like it when people get taken advantage of, and she doesn't like it when, when people don't know their worth. And so she was like, Kyle, you know, you have something special. I can tell right now that like, you can make it in this space. There's room for you. Um, and like, you should, uh, you let me like, let, let me help you. Let me talk to you about this stuff. And so once she kind of showed me that people were making money through like branded partnerships and stuff, that's when I was like, okay, that's what I want to do. I don't want to work for free. And so I set that boundary with myself very early in this, that I was not going to do a gifted partnership. I wasn't going to do a product exchange partnership, that there was going to be a minimum dollar amount that I was going to charge people to create content for them. And that my, the content that I'm creating has value and that my audience, that, that if they want to reach it, has value. And so that's when it kind of the gear shifted. And then I went to Haven, the, the, the conference in Atlanta. And when I was at Haven, I realized that, um, all these brands want to work with people like, and that conference, um, was like a sea of women. The first year I went, it was only women, only women. There, I'm not even. When was the first year that you went? We we've, we've talked about Haven a lot on the podcast. 
It was would have been 2021. Yes, so 2021, I went to Haven, and I remember there was this like, and Monica kind of warned me like, "Hey, it's a certain way. It's a certain crowd. It's very old school blogger crowd. Very like, you know, just like lots of ladies in floral dresses." With big hats and Louis Vuitton yeah. carryalls. Yeah, yeah. And they're <laughs> all gonna they're all gonna be a certain way and like that kind of thing. And you know, I show up and I'm like I have like this big curly hair and I'm you know, like I'm just a Mexican guy and I just walk it around in this like space where I just stand out like a sore thumb. And I kinda like thrive in those kinds of situations because I, I <laughs> I don't actually mind standing out. And so I knew Home Depot was going to be there. I was like, no matter what I do, I am like courting Home Depot when I'm here. I'm going to talk to them. They're going to do who I am. And one day they're going to want to work with me. And so I did. I met the team there. I like spent a lot of time like trying to connect and network with them. And then uh, two weeks after that, they sent me an email and they were like, we met you at Avon. We would love to work together on a paid partnership. Like, what are your rates? And here's what we want you to do. And I was like, oh my God, I got, like, it worked. It worked. How, like, how does that happen? Like, it just worked. And so, like, not only was my first partnership paid, but it was Home Depot. It was this aspirational brand that I wanted to work with forever. It's a place that I've been shopping at for a decade, somewhere that I already had brand loyalty. And, and, you know, like, my integrity is really important. So I was like, this is perfect. I told them my rates. They said yes. And I was like, really? You're like, shoot, I should have had more. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that Monica even told Monica even told me she was like, that means you should ask for more next time. Like, if there's no negotiations, they say yes immediately, that means your rate's too low. Next time ask for more. Then I worked with them that one time and then they were like, Hey, do you want to do a holiday campaign? I'm like, Yes. And then another So then before you knew it, like I had three on on the books by the end of twenty twenty one with Home Depot. And those three were paying me more and I was making in a month at my really decent job as an analyst. Um, and I told my wife, like, it's almost like kind of my job is getting in the way of me making potentially even more money. Mm-hmm. Doing this. Uh, and luckily, my wife is like endlessly supportive. And she was like, well, then do it. Quit. Do it. And just see what happens. So I kind of set up for six months. Um, I said, we'll find out what it looks like in six months. And I worked my butt off. And uh, it worked by the first couple of months into like leaving my job. It was very clear that it was going to be okay. And yeah, so 2022, all 22 and all 23, um, I've been full-time creating content. That is amazing. And I just want to bring this up because I probably know the answer to this. And people get so caught up in numbers and following and views and stuff. Do you remember what your followship was on Instagram when you asked for that first deal? Yeah, it was like 3,600 people followed me and Home Depot was like, you want to work with you. That's incredible. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, like, let's let's do it. And, you know, my following has never been huge when all my friends and all, you know, for, for, for very good reasons, they've all blown up, you know, because these are all people who are doing it. They're working hard. They're creating interesting, engaging content that it, like has viral potential. So I'm not saying nobody is undeserving of it. Um, they've all blown up and I just kind of haven't. And I, I never really understood 100% why, but I don't care 
because I am able to make the same amount of money as most of them. And, um, and I have a community of people who are really engaging and supportive. They like the stuff. My, my, my engagement is great and you know, it's slow and steady. It's been growing and, um, yeah, I, 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 I would not let that be a roadblock to people um, and think like, oh, I, I'm not going to get any work until I have 80,000 followers because you could do it. I mean, I was getting partnerships like well below 10,000 followers, like multiple paid partnerships, people giving me money. Um, so it's definitely possible. Yeah, I I think that's incredible. Um, and I want to know, dive a little deeper into that. Tell us kind of as you're approaching content creation, like what is your strategy? You're in stories a ton. You have great engagement in your stories. So every time you are working on a project, do you have like a set out goal? I'm going to create this many reels out of this. I'm going to show up in stories this many times a day. Like tell us how you kind of approach strategy in your content calendar and how you produce the content and post it. So I have to admit, like in terms of like creating and posting content, like with with a, like a big old strategy behind it, I've never been really great no. at. <laughs> I um, knew you were going to say that. It makes me feel like so much better. <laughs> I've never been really like, oh yeah, like I'm gonna, you know, you know, you, you meet some people and you network with people and they're like, oh yeah, well I did this and this is my calendar. I know that I'm gonna get this many reels and I'm gonna be able to get this and that before. And I'm like, oh, I didn't. I forgot to think of before. Like I literally. <laughs> I don't know. I forgot to take a before. So like, and I'm just like, well, I mean, there's just not going to be a, a, there's just, a, we'll just have to skip right past that one. Um, I, I never really, um, inter- I, there's a, I have a big strategy around story content. Uh, and it, you know, what I do won't work for every single person, but for me, um, I find that creating interesting and engaging stories and really being an excellent storyteller that's what hooks people and that's what engage, that's what captures their mind and that's what captures their heart and they get to know you they feel like they know you and they want they just want to support you so like they might not care about the Rustolian 501 spray paint but if i post it they're gonna like it because i posted yeah. it and because they know me and they like me and they're like how can i help that guy what can i do for him because he is like my guy and I think that everyone can find their audience and find like everybody is interesting. Even the people who aren't, they are interesting to some people. And like, there's so many people online, like you can, you could find that group of people. You have to be patient and you have to nurture that. So um, when it comes to creating story content, I do have a lot of strategy behind that. My goal is not complicated. It is to be entertaining and interesting. And if I'm going to post a story slide, like I need to know that it's going to be something that that's going to be interesting and funny or relatable, or uh, it's going to teach somebody something. I'm never going to post a slide where I'm like talking like five slides in a row. Nobody wants to see that. I don't want to see that. I skip right past it. I don't care. You're never going to see me doing it. Um, You know, like little things I, I pay you meticulously close attention to people's stories and the things that I like about them I note and the things that make me think, nah, that wasn't great I also note 
So if I see people doing things that make me skip, I'm not, I'm not going to do those things. I'm going to do the things that like, what, what is capturing my attention? What combination of things is going to make me want to watch this slide and give me the potential of, of having people stay through this entire slide, however long it is, and then want to see the next slide. And so then, you know, I create this story content, good music, um, like, you know, strong edits, I think are really important. Even like, if you are doing a talking slide, cutting out the fluff and just like, you know, making it a little bit more interesting, a little bit more engaging. People's attention spans are short. Give them something to look at. Give them something to watch. Give them something to laugh. And then they're going to keep watching. And then when it's all said and done, I edit it into like a little reel. A lot of times I'll take that edited story content and just use that to create the reel and throw a voiceover and then it's done. Uh, so that's like really the extent of my strategy. Yeah, I think that's great, though, because it just affirms that there isn't one way to get it right. And different things work for different people. Uh, you know, our last interview, she plans content out three weeks in mm -hmm. advance, and that works for her. And this works yes. for you. So I think that's just such a great message for anyone who is out there interested in getting into content creation that you do what works for you. And as long as you do it consistently, I think you have a chance to be and successful should, at it. Yeah. And I should mention that um, the way that I create content on Instagram absolutely does not translate to TikTok whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I can't even, I can't even get like anybody to watch anything over there. Um, and it's just because like it's the audience connection piece is super duper important for me to be successful. And I know that. And in TikTok, that's not a really big part of the equation over there. And so I haven't cracked the code on that side of how to draw in that attention. So like what works in one space isn't going to work in every space also. And it's okay to maybe not be great at it. Like I have brands ask me, can you post a TikTok? And I'm like, I'll do that for free. Honest. I'll just, you just, I'll just cross post it. Give me 300 bucks. Like I'm really sorry ahead of time, but like it's, it's not going to do great. Like. And that's just kind of, you know, if I let that be discouraging, um, then, you know, I don't let that influence how I create content on Instagram. There's one way to do it on one side. There's probably a different way to do it over there. I haven't figured it out yet, but like every day it's just a learning process. Talking with people who are good at it, like talking to Christina who does YouTube and talking to my friend Alex, who's like crushing it on TikTok. That is so helpful because you could just say like, hey, I want to post this to TikTok, but like, what do you think? And they say, oh, put this, put that, change that what you said right there, and then maybe do this song. And then like, okay, I trust you because you you know that space. So I hope that people would like know that there's a bunch of different ways to create content. As long as the content you're creating is interesting, engaging, relatable, it's gonna do well. If it's if your content's not doing well, it's because it's not hitting those markers. And that's it. And I think Christina said it once, like, about YouTube. Like, try, try, try. But then if it doesn't work out after this long, like, maybe quit. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe this is, but it's the truth. Like, so, you know, right. Maybe yeah. it's, maybe it's not for you. People will tell me, how do you do this? And, but, but I can't, I can't be interesting or I can't be, I can't like, I don't, I feel uncomfortable talking to the camera. And it's kind of like, oh, well then this one is not, this is not your gig. You gotta, right. you gotta put in it. You gotta be, you gotta be, you gotta, you gotta give me something. If you're telling me you're not interesting, I already don't want to watch you. 
But yeah, and there's not your seat. Yeah, it's like you're yeah. my, like I'm talking to these people, and I'm like, you're my friend. I like you. You can do it. Yeah, you could do it. Like I want to watch you. So like, show me that, and then they'll create stories, and I'm like, who is this other person? This is not right. This is not you at all. That's why this isn't working for you because I'm not seeing so and so. I'm seeing like this version of you that like wh- who are you looking at what are you talking to like why are you sick like weird you know so we have talked about that a lot because i've been an in front camera person for a while now and when we started yeah. the podcast together i'm like well you've been behind the scenes for three years you know how this goes let's go let's and she's like no no i feel like <laughs> overwhelmed i feel judged i feel i'm like just be yourself yeah. and it's like yeah. you have to learn how to be yourself you have to Absolutely. learn how to be authentic. And if you're watching so many people, you don't even realize you're doing it. You're trying to do it the way that they they do it. Like if I tried yes. to be as funny as you in my stories, it would fall flat. <laughs> I'm not I'm not <laughs> as funny as you. So like being self-aware too, I think is a huge piece of it. But I love that you have taken, you really just focus on one platform, but you're making a full-time living. You have a really engaged audience that I think you give life to, but I feel like they give you life too. And you could be on TikTok and you could be on YouTube and you could be pushing links and you could be doing all these things and making a ton of money. But I kind of feel like you're like, I'm good right now. Like maybe if one day I want to expand and hire and whatever, but like Mm -hmm. I'm good where I'm at. And I think you have to also be fulfilled and love what you're doing or you're going to burn out and just crash and then ghost. Yeah. No, I've, I've definitely been there m- multiple times. And oftentimes when I get in the thick of some of these projects, I'm like, I always say it all the time and tell my wife, like, why the heck don't I just have a normal job? Like, why don't I just have a normal job where I just go to work and like I get in my car and I drive to work and then like I'm there at the desk and then it's time to go home and I leave and then like that's it. But instead, no, here I am trying to pull water through a void space in my house and like restructurate studs everything's covered in dust there's that like there's paint on my floors i got paint on another one of my shirts like i i I hate this it's hot i'm sweaty i'm in this garage building things i'm covered in mosquito bites i don't feel like talking i don't feel like recording anything and then i gotta sit down and edit all this like this is stupid and then you know i think it's normal to to like i think everybody kind of has those moments where they hate their job and I think that I did not think that I was going to hate my job. I thought that this was going to be like this dr- beautiful, wonderful dream. In many ways it is, but in many ways it is still a job. It is There are still deadlines and it is still incredibly stressful. And there's a lot on my shoulders all the time. Um, and so, yeah, it, getting overwhelmed is all part of it's all part of it. Anybody who says that they don't, I think, is lying or they're paying a lot of people to help them. And that's great for them. And I, like, yeah. I would love that. Do you have any, yeah, do you have any outside help? Do you have any virtual assistant? Do you have anything? No. So I actually just signed with Parker Talent Management. Um, okay. So they are going to um, hopefully be helpful in the, uh, like the negotiation space. I'm really strong at negotiating. I have a business background. So like, I know how to talk to brands and be like, no, this is exactly what, this is what I need. And like, we're not going to like do this whole dance. And like, if you say 8,000, I'm going to say 10. And like, if you say, I want this many, I'm going to say, well, no, you can get that many instead. And usually it works for me. So releasing that part, that, cause that takes a lot of energy and effort. Like, yeah, you, know, you look at one of these threads for a project, 
and this thread's been going on. Like I'm scrolling and scrolling. I'm like, how much time am I spending emailing these people? So I'm hoping that they'll be able to take some of that off my back. Um, a, lot of, a lot of the admin stuff, the invoicing, like they'll be able to help me out with a little bit. So that's my first for, foray into allowing someone to help me. But you know, you got to make money, to spend money, and so I've never, I have not been in a place where I feel comfortable like releasing the money that I'm earning to give to somebody mm-hmm. else because it just hasn't been like. You know, if I was making two hundred a year, then I could be, I could easily, you know, say, "Hey, I'll spend this much and let bring someone on." I'm, I'm not there yet, uh, but I'm, you know, hopefully this year, and I'll be a little bit more comfortable to spend that money and release some of the, uh, the work out to other people to help me out. How do you? Yeah, and I, this one would be wonderful. I know, right? I do that once a month and it's great. But again, like the grass is always greener because Maggie's there on those filming days. I hire a videographer to do one, just one video a month for me to help me kind of like get ahead. But like, because I hired a videographer, we have to get it done in two days. And I normally don't get projects done in two days. So she sees me. I'm just like a stress mess. I'm not like, I rarely enjoy those projects until they're over because in the moment I can't even enjoy them because we're having to go like so fast. And I'm having to think like, Oh, well, I'll top coat this tonight, but we'll act like we top coat it today and done it. Because you have to do a lot of that movie magic when yeah. you are paying some. Yes. So, right. Yeah. But it, I mean, it has helped. But like, yes, writing those first checks, hiring people, um, having contractors, it's you're always losing money at first. But every time I've done it, I've increased my revenue. Yeah. So I just want that to be an encouragement to you. You're definitely there. Yeah. You're definitely on the cusp of that. And like doing this with Parker, that'll be just kind of your first step of releasing mm-hmm. some of that money and hopefully getting something in return that's going to free up a lot of your time in the long run yeah definitely well i was going to ask you too you know we're at the beginning of a new year do you have big plans for your business this year do you have goals to maybe diversify income streams add new ones um kind of tell us where kyle did it is headed in 2024 um so I am perpetually working on like having a blog. I'm always like, oh, this is a year that I get a blog. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I have, I have one, but like, it's a ghost town. There's a tumble. If you click on it, there's like a tumbleweed that goes across. No one's there. No one's looking at it. Uh, so I would love to have more. I would love to have a space where my content is evergreen, where things are, I own it and it exists. And people can search Google and find it. Um, I go to these conferences and I hear all these different ways. Here's seven ways that I earn. Like one lady was like, I have 27 income streams. And I'm like, there, there are some toddlers out there. Let I'm me tell like, you. I'm not one of them. Uh, I'm like, dang, dang, that would be cool. Um, I am definitely not a money hungry, like I need it. Um, I, I want to... I feel like when you start chasing that like income, like, oh, I can make this much. That's when you really start to lose yourself. And I've seen quite a few creators who, um, you know, for example, like, am I allowed to say Shmamazon? Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. So, so. You can earn a ton of money with Shmamazon. Yeah. You, you can. Obviously you can. <laughs> and I have earned not a lot of money, but you know, like I have an audience that, can, that will click a link. There's a limit to that. Like there, I can't post a link every slide, but you know, a, 
a link every like day or every like one a day or one every other day, I can give them a click and I can earn some income. That's probably where I'll max out on that just because like nobody really, I don't think anybody wants to see it. All I ever see is people making fun of people like that. Um, and, and <laughs> it's the truth. And, um, you know, I've seen so many creators fall into this, like, oh, affiliates is where I live. And like, that's what I do. And it's like, they're like, oh yeah, everyone was asking me about the, about my Tumblr. And so I linked it here. It comes with six different colors. I'm obsessed. You guys, I just got this. And it's like, so much, it's like, oh my God, everything is, every single thing is an ad. And the truth is, is like, this business is an ad. But like, your job is to not make it feel like that. Your job is to make it feel authentic. Like, yes, this is an ad, guys, but this is something that I would do to my house. This is a project that I was already going to do. This is the products I was going to use to do it. And I think they're great. So I think that you would think they're great as opposed to like buy everything that I own and be just like me because I know you guys don't know how to do anything like that. Um, so my goals are to try to continue to earn money, not from people, but from brands. That is my goal. I think that will always be my goal. I never want to earn money directly from my followers. I never want to, um, I never want to like, become this unrelatable version of me and my goal is like how do i continue to grow my business without losing who i am and turning into a walking advertisement or turning into this influencer that people mock or morphing into like one of these other people that like they're all the same now and it's like so weird to me um how quickly people can get lost in it yeah. And I think I think honestly, it's because a lot of people can make more money that way so much. than on their content. And some people can't make money on their content. I have always been someone who made money on my content first and then delved into those other areas. So I'm like, what do you mean? You just make money on your content. It's easy. But right. it's just it's not that way for any, everybody. And pre especially the people that are starting out now, because companies don't want to give money to people because people are saying yes to no to no money still. Right. And I kind of want to dive a little deeper because I think it's a little gender specific what you're talking Absolutely. about, because as females, yes. we talk about the things that we buy every day because we have yes. skincare, we have makeup, yeah. we have mm -hmm. hair care, we have, I think what, for a woman, so much is based around, and we're buying, uh, stereotypically, if you're the woman, you're probably going to be buying more things for the home and making decisions on yep. like home purchases. This is all stereotypical. I know it's not everything no, but, but like in it, our it's it's trendy i mean the, the, yeah those are not those are real numbers or real data that backs up what you're saying yeah well and i just like this is a deeper question too that i had in my notes of you are a minority in a lot of ways in this particular niche in the space Definitely. so i'd love you to talk to that about being a person of color and being a man in a sea of women who are constantly by my drive. I mean, you're spot on. That's why it's funny. That's yeah. why it works. That's why it resonates with me. So how do you, how do you keep your sanity when you don't look like everybody else? And how do you find your value and your worth in when you feel like nobody maybe can relate to you? Like, where's your community at? So, um, like the space that I try to fit in is, um obviously like being an ally first and understanding because my for the longest time my demographics were like over 90% women 
uh, only recently have I gotten to like, I think we're at like a, uh, like 30% men now. Okay. It's still predominantly women. Um, and then the people that engage with me are uh, predominantly women. Like almost all of my DMs are mainly women. There's very few dudes who really talk to me um, in that area. Um, and so it's important for me <clears throat> to... To not be the typical man. Um, it's important for me to show there are lots of men out there that are just like, there's lots of men out there that are taking care of their kids. There's lots of men out there who they do the cooking, they do the cleaning. There's lots of men out there that their wives go to work every day and maybe their jobs are like the, the B job. Um, you know, maybe they're the A parent and, uh, so it's important for me to show that reality and show people that like that I'm I guess I just want to I'll just be just share this is a safe thing I love everything that you're saying and I know it's that kind of tiptoe around conversations like this but it's important like you're you're what you're saying is so important so I love that you're saying it oftentimes men give people the ick um, men give women the ick. Um, online, especially, es knowing all the content creators I know, um, they have like men that are just in their DMs being weird and like they ha can't have a conversation with this guy without him either hitting on them or telling them they're wrong or telling them they're stupid. Um, and like that's just not, I don't know, it's just not, I wasn't raised that way. I wasn't raised to treat anybody that way. And I, um, I I want people to know that like there is a whole other type of man out there and they're just maybe not on the internet. Like <laughs> they maybe they're just maybe they're just busy doing things like and that's why you don't see them that much but like it's wild to me when I do something and people are like oh my god I can't believe you did that for your or for your wife or for your for your kids like that was so nice I'm thinking like I literally just made breakfast like it, and it makes me sad because I'm like the bar yeah. is really low the bar is yeah. really low like that you can't just leave for a day without your husband calling you and be like how do I do this how do I do that where's this where's that and um, so I just want to be like this example of like um, and I also like my marriage my relationship like I want to be this example of a different way of living a different way of having a relationship a different type of marriage where things are maybe a little bit more equal. And I'm not saying that like the more traditional route is, is wrong or anything like that. But like, sometimes people feel like there's only one way to live and that there's only one role to fit and seeing all the women in this space, stepping out of their traditional role and kind of being like, no, I'm going to do what I want to do. Like, I'm not going to wait for my husband to put in baseboards. I've been waiting forever. I'm sick of waiting. He's busy. I can do it. I'm going to do it. And that's what this whole, like, that's what so many of the creators online are. And so I wanted to capture, like, how do I be the husband that says, I'm going to pick the paint colors. I'm going to like, I, it doesn't matter. I do that. And so like, how do I show that? And also show that like, I am, I'm just a, you know, I'm multifaceted. People are multifaceted and you only see a certain type of person a lot of times like amplified. And I want to be a different kind of person. I don't want to be creepy. I don't, I want to be relatable. I want to be somebody that people could talk to. So I tread very lightly 
um, with things that I say. I never want to be like, um, uh, like say anything that's like offensive or weird. I just want to fit this space where people feel like they can just be comfortable and, and know that I respect them. Yeah. And I think like, so I think so much weight is put on our words and having a stance and having a statement and people can say all those things, but if they're not living them out on their feed, if they're not living them out on their stories, then like, what's the difference if you said this or this or this? And I think you do like the way you treat your kids and the way you treat your wife and all the interactions I've seen on your stories are authentic and they're just you guys living your life and you're speaking all those things and doing all those things without having to make a statement of like this is how you should treat your wife and this is how you right. should pull your weight around the house you're just doing it and I think that's so much more powerful than coming out and being like well all you men suck and like treat your women better you know it's more right. powerful to actually see it lived out so I exactly. love your vulnerability that you let us into some of that stuff in your everyday home life. Yeah. And I was yeah. going to echo what she said, but also I find it just really interesting, too, that not only do you make your home a place where people feel welcome and cozy and like they can take their shoes off and be comfortable, but you've done that, too, in your social platform and the atmosphere you create just with who you are, how you um, take care of your family, um, just all the things you mentioned are creating that same environment in your stories and in your content as well as in your home. Like you're doing a beautiful job of translating what you're physically doing into the feeling people get when they get on your stories or watch your content. And I think that is just really beautiful. Thanks. <laughs> We get we get touchy feely on here because we're all about like making money and encouraging people and empowering people to to have their own business because we're two people that if you would have told us, you know, five years ago that we were going to have our own business, we're like, OK, yeah, right. And so just encouraging people to dream and step out and just like what's the worst that can happen, but also let them know you don't have to lose your soul to do it and you don't have to be in 500 places and doing 500 different things like find your joy where you can find it and make a living at it and sometimes it's going to be great sometimes it's going to be hard so I just love you're just like a living breathing testimony of that to share with all our listeners here and I think it's going to be a big encouragement to them since we're on the topic I should I should I I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that I am aware of the fact that I have um I have an inherent privilege in this space. I I am able to, um, when I negotiate, I'm able to say what I want and get it. And I know that many, many women don't get that same respect in this space. They have to go back and forth and they have to like, you know, justify. And I, when I post something online, if I do it wrong, very, very seldom does anybody ever tell me I'm doing it. And it's because they assume that I'm doing it right. I'm not sure exactly why, but a woman can post the same exact thing and 70 men will come out of the woodwork and say, well, I've been doing it for 30 years and I've never seen anyone do it that way. But like, I'll post something and some guy will be like, uh, you might've used a little bit more, a little too much joint compound, but hey, it's your first time. Like there's no sharpness, there's no meatness. I don't get things like that. I don't get those comments. I don't get that like, you know, I wear, I wear these very short shorts and I never have anyone telling me like, Oh, hey, you shouldn't be dressing like that because X, Y, Z, you know, you're going to, you're going to do, you know, 
this or that. And there's not any, it, there's not, there's, I don't get any of that BS that a lot of women get. And that is really, really unfortunate. I, and it's, those are the things that I'm trying to be, I'm just one person, but those are the things that I'm trying to, to break down. I, I know that it's really important that people understand that the reason I am able to do this job full time is because I have a wife who is career focused, who goes to work every damn day. She works her ass off for our family. She has health care. She has benefits. She's got a pension. She has no intention of leaving that job. Um, and she is the reason why I am able to pursue my dream. If I did not have that, if I was the primary breadwinner in this home, Everything that I do, none of you would see because I would not have time to be on Instagram. And so I never ignore that or sidestep that. I'm always very mm -hmm. clear with people that like she has always been the breadwinner. She has always been the person who carries this family. And um, I just try my best to contribute what I can to pull my own weight around here. And, uh, that's like, I just want, I need people to know that. And that's why I never stopped talking about it. Um, because people need to know that like families can be different. Like if you're a guy and you are not, she's never made me feel like bad about not having the better job. She's never made me feel, um, emasculated, um, because I have to, you know, t I'm the one who does the pickups and drop offs. She's always made me feel really good. Like Kyle, you're good at those things. Like it's not weird that you do it when my family and my friends have pointed things out like that before. And they've said like, why do you, you know, that's wild. I, I just need people to know that there's more than one way to live. And that if something works for your family, then it works for your family. And like the point is being happy and like, who cares what, what society tells you you should be. And if you're a man who maybe you don't have the better job or you don't make more money, it that's okay. As long as you're contributing in a different way, emotional support, like there's a lot that you can bring to the table that is non-monetary that you could be mm -hmm. doing mm -hmm. to like make yourself feel more like a man on the inside. And it's not just going to work every day. So I think I want people to see, I want women to see that. And I want men to see that. And I want people to understand that families are different. And like, you have to find like the swing of things that works for you. That's so beautiful. I know. I love that. <laughs> that is really awesome. Yeah. Um, that so. I want to get a little more touchy-feely because I want to know more about like how you grew up and how you were raised to be such a lovely person and a funny person. I also want to know, did you have like a background in drama or anything like that? Or has it just always been like, have you always just been like a natural performer in your family? Uh, so uh, my dad is my dad is quite funny. Um, he's, he's a really funny guy and I enjoy talking to him all the time because he's it's just he's he's a he's he's funny. Uh, my dad is also like he's a, he's a people person. He is very social. My dad was a police officer for thirty years, and he is the he's just the kind of person that like you can talk to immediately. Um, even if he doesn't necessarily like somebody, he has this really cool way of making them feel not not in a fake way, but like giving them space to talk to him, hearing them out, listening to them and being like cool and so that is like that personality type i think is just kind of what my is how my my personality grew um but i was always raised by both of my parents um that it was really important to 
be their words were a contributing member of society like that was like really important to them that like whatever i do i need to contribute to society in some way um, my folks were both uh, public servants and i come from a long line of public servants and so i always thought that that's what i was gonna do uh, and i was raised to just be helpful i think that was like that was always something that was ingrained in me maybe sometimes to like a a little bit of a traumatic degree like if you're not helpful you're nothing <laughs> they never told they never told me that they never told me that but that was like that was something that i had internalized where like if i'm not helpful if i'm not serving a purpose if i'm not bringing something to somebody else like what am i here for like blah. so my wife has actually helped me unthink a lot of those things like sometimes it's okay to do things for yourself kyle and like sometimes it's okay to be like oh no this is a b day like um, but being helpful is something that's really important to me and making people feel comfortable is really important to me. And I think it just really translates very well on social media. And it's like, especially in the niche that I do, like the helpful influencer who makes you feel comfortable, like it just kind of all works together. Um, and then in terms of like the performance, like, yeah, I was in drama. I did drama. Uh, I did, I did drama. Uh, I did drama to my first two years of high school. I was in drama. And then um, my, the second two years of high school, I was in student leadership. And so kind of just like, that's just sort of like, I'm a, like a natural born leader, very helpful, personable kind of person. And that's like just how I was raised to be. And that's how I kind of turned out to be. And so those are the kinds of people that I'm trying to raise myself. Um, my daughter is, very similar to me in terms of like her personality and her work ethic and that kind of thing. Um, and so it's, uh, it's interesting to try to, to shape other people the same way, just to be helpful. That's like a big part of, of what, what I believe in. It's just being like a service to people. Have you ever thought entertain the idea of like, doing stand-up or writing jokes has that ever happened or you just like to be kind of naturally funny i could be a writer i think like i could do like screenwriting and things like that um i don't know that i could do stand-up because stand-up you have to tell the same jokes like every week that's like really boring to me um <laughs> so boring you know uh but like uh i, I you know Comedy would be fun. Um, being on TV is something that I definitely would like to do at, at some point. Um, HGTV did like my home tour. And so that's something that could turn into something a little bit more. I've been talking with people over there about, you know, that potential. Uh, that would be cool. But honestly, if I was ever going to do like one of my biggest. One of the things that I've always said, I'm going to do it, but I've never gotten the uh like the what i need to do it um is run for congress like i would love to do that um i i have opinions about things and i um my main opinion is like we sh the people should be helping as many people as they possibly can and that's your job as an elected representative is to help as many people as you can possibly do when you're in office. And I don't think enough people do that. And so those are the things that I get fired up about. Um, and I would love to, I would love to devote some energy to that maybe later in life and 
make a difference in that way. Well, I think that your Instagram stories prove that you can rally a group of people. So I would love to see that. And uh, that's just making me, I wanted to ask you this question. How many people are actively watching your stories per day? Because I want to get this picture in my head of how engaged your audience is. Um, anywhere from like, so on a light day, like 8,000. Uh, okay. Anywhere from 8,000. Um, it's been as high as like, I think I, the highest I've ever got was 17,000 views uh, on stories. So on average, probably around 10,500 to 11,000 people. So you're like 10 to 20 percent. And it probably was even higher than that because I know you just ha recently had a surge from a couple of reels that you did in your following, right? Yeah, it, it was it hovered around 6,000 when I had like 35,000 followers. Oh, my gosh, that's had, like, insane. Kyle, that is insane. I had, I had like 30 between 30 and 35,000 followers for like maybe nine, 10 months. Um, I didn't, there wasn't really a lot of growth, but my story views were right around six sixty five hundred. Oh, in that in that space. So like the bigger following didn't necessarily translate into a proportional amount of more story views. Um, but yeah, the, the the story views and the story engagement is is really good. Um, and uh, that's where I, that's where I get a lot of I think that is the beginning of the cycle of positive engagement that I get when I post things. And yeah, that's why I like even like I don't really spend a lot of time thinking about what time I'm going to post something. Um, like, is it, am I going to do it in the morning or in the evening? Or am I going to do it? Like, cause I know that if I post it, it's just going to reach, like, it's going to at least reach the amount of people I needed to reach for it to hit the number of likes that would make me happy. Um, that amount of engagement that I would look for. And so I don't overthink any of that stuff, but it's because I spend a lot of time thinking very heavily about story content, um, that I make. And that's just my strategy. It doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. But it works well, for I'm a true, I am a true believer in that because the algorithms change all the time. And when people are telling me you have to post, your thing has to be this long and you have to yeah. post it at this time. I'm like, I don't have time for that. I would rather just create content that's as engaging as possible. And if I put something up and it flops, don't blame it on the time that I put it up and right. be like, what did it resonate? What can I make better next time? Yes. It's not the algorithm. There's a lot. Yes. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people who spend a lot of time complaining about like, Nobody's seen this algorithm doesn't like me. Nobody's watched my stories. And I'm just thinking like, it's not the algorithm. It's just this bad. Is a you. This is a you problem. <laughs> this is a you problem. And we all make stuff the that flops. We all make stuff that flops. We're not perfect yeah. at all. Yeah. No, I just firm. I just firmly believe like in my mind, it's really simple. So like you post a story and someone sees it. So that's like one point toward the algorithm, like, okay, like X per like uh so and so likes Kyle. So and so Kyle posts a story, so and so sees Kyle's story. Now, another point would be if so and so replies Kyle's story. So it's like two points. And then if Kyle replies back to that person, now we're like three points. Now there's like a relationship there. So Kyle DM yeah. then, they DM him, like, okay, so out of all the 5,000 people that so-and-so follows, they at least talked to Kyle, and Kyle talked back to them. So, like, why wouldn't they show Kyle's stuff to this person more? Because they have a relationship. And so you see it happen all the time. Like, you might not have talked to a creator for a while, like a colleague creator. 
you start DMing them about like, hey, did you work with so-and-so or hey, how have you been? Like, I want to know how your kids are. You talk to them for a sec and then you close out a stories and like, boom, it's, they're real. Yeah. Like a reel that they had posted three days ago, you see it, you like it. And then like you keep scrolling and then there's another reel that they posted five days ago, you see it and you like it. You hadn't seen those things because there was no reason for anyone to show it to you because up until five minutes ago, Instagram firmly believed that you didn't care about them. Like mm -hmm. truly did not care about them. So it's just for me, that's how I think that that's how I think it works. Engage with your audience, generate DMs, um, respond to those DMs, start conversations, and those people are going to see the content you share. And then if you're good or if they like you, they're going to like it and they're engaged with it. And I always will post something and I'll say like, hey, go over here, show me a little love, drop a comment, drop a like, share it with somebody that you know, that kind of thing. And like most of the time when you tell people to do it, they're, they're going to do it because you ask. So this being said, are you responding to all your DMs and what kind of time does that take you? I mean, that's got to be significant, right? Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of um, it's a lot of time. And it really depends on the kinds of things that I post. Um, uh, like yesterday, I I asked like. I didn't mean to. I made the mistake of being like, is the weather wild where you are? Because. All I saw all day on Instagram. That was the biggest mistake. All day, all I saw, all I saw on Instagram was like, "Oh, my kids stayed home because the weather was crazy," and like all these, everyone, like I felt like every person that I followed had bad weather yesterday, and so I was like, "Is there like a global storm that I missed? Like, is the weather wild where you are?" And I, when I checked like three hours after I got like 290 replies to that, but like, um, you could check like your metrics and things like that, um, on like your, that it, in your insights, you can see like the number of replies you get to messages and you can like adjust the metrics to be like, I'm a data guy. And so like, I look at this stuff all the time. So you can adjust the metrics to be like 30 days, 90 days, whatever. Um, like on average, I get anywhere from like 10 to 15,000 direct messages um a month and that's awesome. so i try that is awesome. my best i try my best to reply to everyone a lot of times i'll be replying to like they've been like they've messaged me three or four times and i like will just be like hey sorry i missed this totally like, but i spend i spend at least an hour of my day every day really focused on my inbox and building that connection lots of people will tell you it's a waste of time and if they think it's a waste of time, then I hope they're doing something that works for them. That work they must be doing something that works better for them with their mm -hmm. time. Because yeah. for me, I don't think it's a waste of time. I think your engagement rates show it's not a waste of time. And as someone who pops into your stories, then you all you always get me to comment. And every time you do, I'm like, dang it, Kyle, you got me again. I don't have time to be sitting on here telling you about the weather, but you got me. And that's because. why I've always said that to you. It's like I don't watch people's stories, but I literally watch every single one of your stories and i feel like if i miss it oh my gosh i can't miss what he said yesterday because then i won't get to see it again so i don't know how you do it but i like i'm here for it and that's why i definitely wanted to have you on here i'm like i watch his stories incessantly and that's and i know that's better where, that's where the relatability piece comes in and like i feel like a lot of times people don't capture like how interesting normal life really can be the vast majority of the people that follow me 
have totally normal lives. They mm-hmm. go to the store, they see something weird, they have a strange interaction, they go to Home Depot three times and it's the same checkout person every time they go and like that's awkward. Um, <laughs> you know, like they they pull into their driveway and they see their trash can and they think like, what if I just smash the trash can? And like sometimes I do that. And I tell people like, hey, did you know that sometimes when I pull into my driveway and the trash can's right there, like I smash it just to feel something and I'll just bust that. And people are like, oh, my God, I do the same thing. I didn't know. I didn't know that other people did this. Like, I just bump it a little bit with my car because it makes me feel good. Like, I'm in control. And, like, I feel you. Yeah, I feel you. Like, and I want, I like to show those, like, on days where I have nothing to share at all, I don't let that stop me from sharing things because I really do think that there is so many interesting things that happen to you throughout the day. So many things that make you go like, what the heck was that? Like, why did that happen? <laughs> like, that was so weird. Or thoughts that pop into your head all the time. You think, oh, I wonder, like, do people pronounce it like this or like that? Goal. Solid goal. Hey, do you <laughs> pronounce this word like this or like that? I'd be like, oh, no, you say it this. Oh, you say it that. And then, like, everyone's got an opinion and they all want to tell you. And if you're willing to listen, like, that's like the that's like the key and i think it also speaks to the fact that like not everybody wants to see somebody work on a project every single day of their mm-hmm. life. that alone can be very discouraging for people that alone can make them feel like this guy and me not the same i could never work that much or i could never do that much so when i'm sharing my content i'm keeping it real and being like oh no i i just stopped doing that one like i just get i I needed to put that one aside because it was just driving me crazy. So I just kind of gave up. Like, what happened to the wall? The wall is, I'll show them, but that's the wall. Looks like that still. Like, there's nothing more to that story. It just, it is. It is there. I'm a normal human. I take breaks. You go to the store. So, you know, like showing that kind of stuff is really important um, to generating that engagement and getting people to want to watch. I love that. Um, I just love that there, you know, there's a there's a way for everybody to do yeah. this. And I think yeah. that you have just shared so much insight as to just letting it run like a real person, but still being successful. And, you know, you're what are you like three years into being full time? Yeah, there's so much ahead for you. Um, I just want to thank you for taking the time to be here. Like I have really enjoyed getting yeah. to know you a lot more but kyle we got to do a hard transition because this podcast needs to make some money and the only way we have made money so far is affiliate links (laughs) so we have no sponsors for the podcast one day we hope to one day we hope to be monetized on youtube we're working towards all those goals but what we have found is that we like to share things that we're loving with our audience and they share their things that they're loving too so every time we have a guest we have our segment called Our Favorite Things. And so we've prepared some favorite things that we're all going to share today. Awesome. Yes. I, have, and I ain't got one. You you do have one. One. I have the perfect one. All right. Okay, let's go. We're ready for you to sell some products, <laughs> okay, Kyle, because we never okay. see you sell products. So let's go. <laughs> okay. So I don't link a lot of things. But and I'm like, I think we talked about like how since I'm a dude, there's not a lot of things that I can link. People aren't like. Why like, oh, can I have the like let me see that shacket? Like nobody asked. Nobody ever asked. Literally <laughs> what shacket I'm wearing. No one's asking. I wear I have seven colors of the Bass Pro Shop hat. It's five ninety nine. There's it's not a big money maker. Um uh, I'll tell you right now, 
the one thing that I can link and I always get clicks on is my shorts. So I wear these shorts. They're a five inch inseam short. They're the kind of short that I think every dude looks great in. Uh, they're comfortable. They're swim trunks. So like in the summertime, I'm liable to jump into any bottle of water I see. And so it's nice to just be wearing swim trunks. Um, and they look great. And um, they're, they are just the most comfortable shorts. They come in a bunch of different colors. You can DIY in them. You can wear them out. You can pick up kids in them. And if you're the kind of guy that likes to turn heads, you'll definitely get... <laughs> you will definitely get... Head turn. Some head turns when you're out in the world. And then eventually you'll be like known as like the dude in the shorts. And I love that. Okay, so your your signature, your signature. But what what is the brand? Where do we get them? So okay, Amazon. They're called Tonlin Men's. I don't know where they're from. I've they come from the other side of the planet. I'm sure. Okay, um, but they show up in two days. The magic of Amazon. They'll they'll be at your house in two days. Um, Amazon Tonlin Men's. Uh, I think they call them Slomare. And I'm going to tell you right now the the link that like the image on the link is a little risky um, because the guy. <laughs> So don't open when your children are around. Is what you're telling? Yeah. Let's just say he's a he's a really really good looking and very very physically fit group, very physically fit group of guys that they have in these shorts, um, and yeah, it's just it's they're they're just a nice pair of shorts. They're your thing. I believe in. Them. I will have they're to right. tell you, I will have to tell you that I. I would not be able to buy them for my husband because there would be obscenity. But for <laughs> because his legs are like as big as my body, my husband like tree trunk, big tree trunk legs. Tree so trunk. he, I know yeah. he could never wear them. I wouldn't even try. It would actually be funny just to buy them to see him try them on. Maybe send you a picture personally, and then you can be like, "Oh, oh no, no, he's I out." Can't. I get so many people who will buy who will buy them and they'll send me a pic and they'll be like, these shorts are fine. And I'm, I'm like, oh no, your dude's just really meaty. You're like, they're not tiny. It's just it's just a beef dude. Like he's beefcake. I don't know. Like I encourage him, wear the shorts. Wear the shorts. Okay. And I'm gonna ask you influencer type questions. Do they okay. fit true to size? Do you size up? I think so. No, so okay. I'm a salt. I'm like the most medium man that you could ever meet in terms of like clothes size. I I am I'm not like a tiny person, but I'm also not a very large person. I'm a medium. If you buy me a medium shirt, it's gonna fit. If you buy me medium pants, it's gonna fit. Like medium is my size. Um, and these shorts, I buy them in a medium, and they fit perfectly. They fit exactly the way I would want them to fit. I don't think that they're too tight. Um, they're definitely short. Because they're only a five inch inseam, um, but they're but they're they they sit at the, they, they they're comfortable around the waist, and I love that they have zipper pockets because I you know when I'm like going out and about I could throw things in my pocket and like zip my car keys or whatever and like zip it up, because um, I like things fall out of pockets on a lot of shorts, especially if they're shorter or smaller shorts, like the things kind of like just slide out of your pocket. Um, so these have a little zipper that makes them really comfortable. And I can't stress enough how cool it is that they're swim trunks. Um, and they come in like just, they don't look like swim trunks, but they're 100% swim trunks. So they I wear them like from May all the way through October. I have, I think, eight different colors. 
uh, and I just, I cycled through them. I posted this reel that had like me doing my morning routine, like my walk up and, uh, people were commenting on how, like over the entire year, there was almost no outfit repeats and those shorts. That's impressive. When you have eight pairs of shorts in different colors and then you pair it with different shirt every day, like. But it's like it's mathematics. The combinations are endless. Yeah, or endless, or endless. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you for playing along with us. Even yeah. though you're not a, a link share, we appreciate it. Do you want to go next? Sure. Um, my favorite things right now is something uh, I got my husband for Christmas. Actually, we got ring cameras, we got a floodlight oh. camera, and we got the wireless indoor cameras, like for our loft and yeah. our living room. And I, I'm obsessed with them. I, we were able to connect them to our Echo Show. I can see when my kids are playing in the driveway now. Um, the ones inside, if my kids are upstairs, I can talk to them. Yeah. You know, if we leave them home alone or whatever, we can see what's going on in the house when we're not there. Evidence for sibling <laughs> fights. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. So they have been amazing like i'm just really they were a gift for him and we have always had the doorbell but i love especially those wireless indoor cameras and they don't have like a wire hanging down which is my favorite part because i hate wires we have so yeah this, uh, we have this saying at my house um and i really should stop it because i think it might be damaging my children uh, but like you know we have like indoor cameras um used, it used to be just to like watch the kids because they were little now that they're getting older i need to um uh, now that they're getting older, I need to probably turn off the cameras during the day. Uh, but like they'll say, oh, this happened or that happened. And I'll say, show the truth. Show the <laughs> truth. And then I like I'll pull up on my phone to like pull up the video to see like if they were fighting. I'll say, I don't know. I don't know who I believe, Emma or Jonah. And then I will be like, show the truth, dad. Show the truth. Oh I'll start to show the truth. Show the truth. And I'll get my phone out, pull up the video, and I'll be like, here is the truth. And then like, I know. I know. but it's, it's probably it's... really damaging. It's probably really damaging. <laughs> no, but it's kind of crazy that like you can literally be looking your kid in the face and say, like, my kid was not supposed to be on YouTube and my his sister narked on him. And I was like, I'm going to give you the opportunity to tell me the truth because there's this thing called history browser. I can see right. everything that you're, Find and he like didn't it. believe me. And he just kept lying, kept lying. I was like, all right. And now you're double in trouble because you lied when I gave you the opportunity to confess. Yeah. Funny. Yes. So I think knowing, like, I can't lie. Dad's going to yeah. show us. Like, I think it kind of helps. Can I tell you, too, that my husband will check on our pets through the cameras and talk yeah. to them? <laughs> you could talk to them. It's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, ring cameras, my current favorite thing okay mine i don't know how your water is in california but our water in tennessee is very hard and we don't have water softeners here and we have a ton of chlorine in our water in our city and so i bought a shower filter that just like attaches to any shower head that you have it's super easy to install and you replace the filter every six months and so i've had it for six months and i'm just replacing the filter today and it makes a huge difference in the health of my hair yeah. and my skin and my nails. Skin. And like, I know you have a gorgeous head of hair, Kyle. We are not all blessed with that. Uh, <laughs> Maggie and I have very thin hair and we have to, we color our hair about every eight weeks because gray hair is real and we don't want to yeah. have it yet. And that's a whole nother conversation. But 
I was getting a lot of breakage on my hair. And so I've done a bunch of things to get my hair on my healthy hair journey. And so it's Maggie and the shower filter has been life changing for me. So I think now seeing that it works for six months, it's called Aqua Bliss and it's very easy to install. I think I'm going to put it on all the kids' showers too, because they're not good about moisturizing and all the things. Yeah. I just want their skin to be like not itchy, that chlorine and that hard water makes their skin like so itchy. So I, I stand behind it. I've used it for six months and now I can share it. It's the Aqua Bliss filter and you just put it on your shower head. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And it's available on Amazon. Those are really important. We used to have a, we have a water softener that broke. It's a whole, it's a whole story. I got it fixed and then it destroyed and got destroyed, whatever. But when we had the water softener, my wife was like, oh, this is amazing. Like, this is the coolest thing I've ever had because, so she's a white girl. I'm not, I have oily skin. Like I don't, I can probably wash in just like whatever. It doesn't matter because I just, that's the way my skin is. But for her, like having that type of like conditioned water, it's really important. And my kids, I'm learning now, have the same skin as her. And so they get really dry skin and they also, their hair can get kind of brittle and stuff. And so like, I need to get it fixed. I need to get, or I need to buy that. I'm going to just buy it. Just send me the link because I'm so bad. We support the Cypress firm and use one of our yeah. <laughs> We have yeah. made... I do want to thank the audience, though. This is a great time for us to thank our audience yes. because the first dollars, well, we haven't even technically got them yet, but we can see them at analytics. We've made $80 on Amazon. So thank you guys yes. who have used our thank play you. because you are trying to get us out of the hole of all the equipment we have bought. Yes. The time we're spending doing this for free, but we we feel called and we love it and we love talking to people like you. So we just want to say thank you to all the people that are clicking on our links so we get a very small commission for that we really really appreciate it so and hopefully we hope to get to a place one day where we're like kyle and we have a sponsor of the podcast and we don't have to ask you to buy things yeah. <laughs> hey we're gonna link to everything in the description box and also um we're gonna link to where they can find you kyle so that they if they don't already know you they can get connected with you and start engaging with your awesome content yeah Link my IG. I guess I'll see everyone. IG. We're going to put that new um, HGTV house tour up so yes, everybody can see your beautiful home that you have cultivated with your family. Um, and I just want to say a shout out to to your family, to your wife and your yes. kids for just like supporting you. I know that we don't get to always see those support roles, but we can just tell like what a gift they are to you and what um, just how they have propelled you and how they support you. So we want to say thank you to them for helping us see the man in front of us today. And just thank you for your time. I've loved this interview. And we have yeah. talked for a long time, Kyle. This is a record for yeah. us, but I knew it was going to be that way because <laughs> I just think you're so engaging and we have so much to learn from you. So um, I hope everybody enjoys this. And I think we'll definitely have you back one day too. Yes. Definitely. Let me know. I can guest star. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And we can say we knew you win when you get your HGTV show. Yes, for <laughs> sure. That'll be so we'll fun. <laughs> thanks okay, thanks so much just... for having me of course thanks kyle yes all right so that's a that's a wrap on our second that interview wrap. all right Good. let us know down in the comments um if you're following kyle if you are excited to check out more of his content and let us know too who do you want us to interview who do you want us to interview next like we're having so much fun doing these and learning from all the people out there so let us know down in comments and we'll see you next time in the cypress shirt yes we'll see you next time
Excellent. Excellent.